This is Generation Swap. While the world talks about a generation gap, we talk about connection. Our guests listen, guide, and encourage, helping each other figure out life. Keep listening for more. Welcome to Generation Swap. We're your hosts, Dana Hebriard and Cindy Camp. Today, we're talking to Dr. Ian Borton, communication professor at Aquinas College. Welcome, Ian. Hello. Hello. Good to be here. Thank you. Oh, we are so excited to talk to you today. Over the past few months, we've been partnering with you and some of your interpersonal communication class students and their mentor swap mates from the Osher Lifelong Learning Program, Ali, here on campus. Would you tell us about your class and how you saw the connection between the Generation Swap program fitting into what you were teaching? Well, the class, as you mentioned, is interpersonal communication, uh, which the way I often describe it is all of the things we're doing here, right? It's eye contact and it's looking at nonverbals and it's usually dyadic. It's usually between one and another person or maybe in a small group. And so it's all of the things that make for, at least for me, the most interesting parts of communication, which is connecting with others on an intimate level. And so that's really why I saw that kind of connection between this program to really work well for the subject matter. It was a very easy fit. That's awesome. And your students that volunteered to participate in that as part of one of their assignments, they kind of went sight unseen because didn't really have any idea of, I mean, they had a little idea, but it hadn't been done before. We all went into it sight unseen. Yeah. Let me all speak for myself. I went to it sight unseen, just sort of having uh, having spoken with the two of you about (laughs) what your idea was for the program. I'm, um, for better or for worse, somebody that wants to say yes at first. Oh, yeah, sure, we'll try that. We'll see how it goes, uh, rather than uh, sort of being more of a naysayer. And so when you brought me this idea, it was like, oh, sure, we'll see how it goes. If it flops, then at least we'll know, but I would rather try it. Yeah. And it. I think it went really well. I got really great feedback from the students who did it. And they're still meeting with their swap mates, which is amazing. Well, relationships are satisfying when they're, when they're right for the people that are involved in it. And we are, in general, a kind of pro-social animal. Like, we like to be liked. We like to meet people that like us and hang out with us. Like, we, I think especially now in 2022, getting back into a podcast studio or getting back into a coffee house or getting back into a classroom feels really gratifying. I think most of us kind of get that. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Well, and for the students, I think we could point out, it, it can be a little intimidating, and maybe you can say more about that. They're meeting a stranger, mm-hmm. and they're going to be getting together every couple of weeks with someone. And not only is this someone they have never met before, but this is someone who's 40 or 50 years older than them. Ian, how did that feel for your students? Did you get much um, feedback or did you help them kind of think about how this could work? I think anytime you are aware of a difference between you and someone else, when you're having those initial conversations or that initial meeting, like those differences might show up first or they're the first or most immediate or noticeable things. You notice uh, a perceived difference in gender. You notice a perceived difference in age. You notice a perceived difference in experience level. But because we are the kinds of creatures we are, those similarities when we're having a good conversation boil out. We find out we're both uh, fans of the same sports team. We both like the same kind of uh, music or movies or we find similarities. Oh, you know this family from this area. Oh no, yeah, I know their grandniece that went to this school. And so I think we are 
looking for those kinds of connections. And so while you're right, and I think if you listen to the other episodes of this podcast, you can hear the the swap mates talking about initial reservations like that or initial um, qualms. They weren't going to find those connections and inevitably they find them. Inevitably those connections come together when we're trying to make those connections. And for a college student who's 19, 20 years old, what is the um, special value of building an intergenerational relationship? And I guess I'm thinking about them launching into the world in a couple of years, Mm -hmm. um, the work world in particular. But from your point of view as a communications professor, how are you preparing them for that? And how does this SWATMATE project fit in? I think they have them. I think these students at 19 or 20 have intergenerational friendships already. They have people in their religious communities that they're friends with. They have aunts and uncles who are in their 40s and 50s. They have grandparents. So they, I think that they already have these connections. Many of them have work experiences or coaching experiences where they have been um, already kind of under the wing of somebody who has three or four decades more experience. And so I think what this project does that is unique is it establishes those relationships conscientiously. And it thinks about pairing people together that might otherwise not have met. So I don't think that I, I don't think that I do very much uh, for my students in terms of getting them ready for those relationships, uh, other than sort of highlight to them the things that they're already aware of, because they're, you know, they've been doing it for 19 or 20 years, like you said, of, of making these relationships. So I, I, I think maybe I put a spotlight on what those conversations might be or things to highlight. But otherwise, I think that the road is made by walking. They're going to learn how to do these relationships by having these kinds of relationships and conversations. As you're saying that, I'm thinking about um, one of our SWATmate pairs last semester, Sid and Katie. And what was so interesting when they did their their podcast interview, and we didn't know this going into it. I mean, we, we do know a little bit about people and we try to make good pairings. But Sid had lost a grandson at age 10. Katie had lost all four of her grandparents um, to in a car accident. Mm-hmm. So they both had experienced deep, deep loss of a grandparent-grandchild uh, nature. And mm-hmm. it was really something to know that that was, as you're saying, a point of connection for them that nobody would have known going in. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's that kind of thing that I think really, really makes us feel that we, um, yeah, some of these serendipitous things that just happen along the way. Yeah, and probably something that they didn't start off their conversation talking about. Like in order for us to share something like that in conversation, we have to get someplace in our relationship. I think it's rare that you share those kinds of intimate or or deeply emotional things about yourself or your history the very first time you meet somebody. Right? We would we would probably think that was a little inappropriate. We would probably have questions about that person's uh, social competence to disclose. But that in that relationship, they got to be that close. They got to be that intimate that they could share that safely and supportively, and then found that connection. I mean, that's. You know, that's the revealing of that inner self to somebody, which I think is the gratifying part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. And the other part of the project that I think uh, Dana and I thought from the beginning was so valuable was the fact that this is a relationship that's not an advisor and it's not a, a parent. It's not a coach. This is someone who's just there kind of as a listener and a cheerleader, really, mm-hmm. and for mm-hmm. each other. Mm-hmm. Because although our college students gain a lot, we also know that our mentor swap mates who come from the Osher Lifelong Learning Institute and are retired and taking classes, it's a it's a wonderful experience for them too. And they often tell us how much they feel that they gained and that they learned as a result. 
one of the things I talk about in interpersonal communication is how power is defined in relationships. And in a lot of the relationships that you just mentioned, there is a power difference or there's a power distance, right, between a, an older religious figure, an oldest, older school figure or a parent or something like that with somebody that's younger. In these swap mate relationships, there's no dependence other than on meeting, right? The, the, the older participant doesn't have, you know, any, they're not gonna control the student's grade. The student is not gonna evaluate the older person, right? They are, in, in that way, more peers, right? We are, we are friendly people that are meeting together. We happen to be, at least at the start, defined by or separated in terms of our age, it seems. But other than that, there is a kind of equality that exists there that might not exist for these students with other older adult relationships that they have. Well, and you just got back from Greece where you led a study away program and your student demographic was a very diverse pool as well. So can you talk a little bit about your bringing intergenerational communication global? That was uh, serendipitous for sure. Like that, uh, that just sort of happened as a result of the students that ended up signing up for the program uh, and those that were uh, held over from 2020 when uh, we were pre-COVID. And I had some uh, older students that were signed up from then. And then I had a couple other students from the Osher Lifelong Learning Institute. So I had those Ali program students or participants on that. And then, yeah, about 20 uh, traditionally aged undergraduates on the program as well. So there was clearly some difference in, in travel experience, not universally. I had one, uh, one older woman, one, uh, one mature student, and this was her first time out of North America and first time in Europe. So uh, in that regard, she had kind of less international travel experience than some of the undergraduates. Some of the undergraduates uh, did not have as much, um, I guess, worldly experience or experience... Um, dining in a foreign country or uh, traveling as a group and all of the interpersonal things that come with that. Yeah, that's amazing. And Ian, you also lead a Dungeons and Dragons camp here on campus in the summer. Mm -hmm. And those are typically kids who are about how old? The I, I could run an average real quick, but they're probably 14 on average, 13 or 14. Yeah, we, we're sold out for the second year in a row for that. Uh, and that'll be the last two weeks of July this year. And I'm, and I'm working right now with uh, a local partner to bring some of the content from those camps to uh, older populations, to adult populations in the community. Because invariably when I talk about doing the Dungeons and Dragons camp, all of the, the Gen Xers and millennials and, and older folks that I talk to that are also into this game, um, want to you know where is the adult version of this day camp like i want to come to this day camp with these 13 year olds and play dungeons and dragons for a week and um i i think i've worked i think i've worked out a way to sort of bring those kinds of pieces of content to west michigan in a way that can be accessible by people that are not you know in middle school that would be amazing we'll see yeah fingers crossed keep your keep your uh Keep your eyes glued to uh, the Aquinas website and uh, I'll, I'll let you know when I have more information. I remember Dungeons and Dragons in my college you know, dormitories. Mm -hmm. So that would be really fun to see it for the Gen X and millennial population. Well, we're playing it. We're playing it. We're just not, um, yeah, we don't have camps dedicated to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Very cool. Well, Ian, so we are gearing up for the fall semester. This is... I know. Um, oh, yeah. I... You yeah, don't yeah. Have to, you don't have to, I work here. I know when the fall semester is coming. So this, we're recording this in June, <laughs> and we're looking at the, you know, the next semester. Our Generation Swap pod, podcast or project and podcast will be embedded again into your course. And, um, you know, we're excited. I think we're going to have a chance to bring a couple of the Osher Lifelong Learning Institute representatives in to talk with your students a little bit. So they'll get a flavor of who their mm-hmm. their swap mate might be. Um, what would you say is the biggest benefit from your perspective of building an intergenerational relationship? I think there is always a value in learning or at least hearing from somebody that you perceive an initial difference with. And if you don't think that you can learn from somebody different than you, you are wrong. Right. And if if there is one person in that relationship that thinks that they can't learn anything, that that person is singularly wrong. If they both think it, they are doubly wrong, Uh, whether that is, as I mentioned, you know, sort of a difference in gender or a difference in age that there is there is benefit to be had from from speaking to somebody older, from hearing from somebody younger, from finding connections, acknowledging differences, trying to understand those differences, trying to find where those similarities coordinate. I, I think that there are just multiple benefits to those kinds of relationships when we when we start off thinking that we are different and and coming to learn otherwise any closing thoughts before we wrap up i'm excited to see where it goes i think it'll i so though the plan for this semester is to have some of these program participants in the actual classroom before the pairings up goes. It feels very match game, if not match game, like, like uh, the dating what is it, game? love connection, yeah, dating, love dating, dating <laughs> game. That's what it, is. it doesn't match game, but like dating game, right? So we're going to have this panel of retirees in front of like 18 uh, young people. So it'll be interesting to sort of see like, I like number one, <laughs> I like number two, and we'll see uh, sort of how they how they find those similarities. And what'll be interesting actually, as I'm thinking about that is, I don't know if it'll necessarily be better. Because the other way is a blind date, yeah, right? The other way right. is I'm going, I'm gonna meet mm-hmm. this person at a yeah, Starbucks yeah. and we've exchanged two emails with each other, but I don't know them, you know, from Adam. Yeah. As opposed to, oh, I've, I've heard this person talk or explain themselves for 10 or 15 minutes and I kind of have a sense of who yeah. they are. And even for the older participants, they will know which students have asked questions, which students seem alert, which students seem like they really uh, shine in a classroom. Where are they sitting? How are they dressed? All of those sorts of things. So those first impressions will not happen as a dyad. They will not happen one-on-one. They'll happen in this small group or classroom setting so it'll be it'll be interesting for me to get feedback on how that may affect what their relationships develop into. Mm-hmm. Well, and the people we bring on the panel could not be the actual mm. mentor pairs. They could be previous participants who aren't doing it this year. So we could alleviate some of that. I don't know if we've actually reached out to anybody yet, but yeah. that's really good insight. You know. This is my bread and butter. Yeah. I, I, I think about relationships and communication just uh, on accident. Well, I yeah. appreciate the reference to the dating game yeah. because when we started this project, you know, we obviously didn't want to have the mentor mentee label because mm-hmm. of the top down sort of power thing that you referenced. Um, we love the generation swap name because it was a play on generation gap mm-hmm. and we're trying to build these relationships. But the swap mate label was also kind of fun. We thought it was a little bit edgy and we even had to research and make sure that it didn't have some unsavory sort of, but we purposely wanted it to have a little bit of that dynamic Mm -hmm. of something that 
that just sounds alluring and appealing. And hey, what's that all about? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, thanks for thanks for bringing up the the dating game, and it's just fun to think about. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been super fun. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking time out pleasure. of your summer. Absolutely. To come. Oh, anytime. <laughs> Absolute pleasure. And our guest today has been Dr. Ian Borton, a communication professor at Aquinas College. Generation Swap is a production of the Aquinas College Advantage Center. You can find our show wherever you get your podcasts or at generationswap.com. Thank you for spending time with us today. We're looking forward to swapping stories with you again soon. 